And let's read this theme verse together uh, out loud. Come on, let's read. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every... We've been trying to unpack what does that mean. Let's go to Acts uh, now and and let's read this wonderful passage uh, when the church was first formed and born by the Holy Spirit. Here it is. I'll read it. Everyone around us was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles... And all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. They worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Lord, we we invite you. You're here. We welcome you. Our minds are open as best as we know how to open them. Our hearts are open as best as we know how. We trust that we didn't get here on our own. You led us here. So would you just, just take it to the next level? Speak to our hearts. Speak to us in a transformative, illuminating way. Illuminating way. Would you? In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody shout amen. 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 Please be seated. Now, if you've missed the last three weeks as we've talked about what does it mean practically for the Holy Spirit to lead us in every part of our life, I want to encourage you to go to our website, nbccbayarea.com, and just pull down those messages, and, uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll get some real practical teaching on what that looks like in our individual lives. We need the Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives. Today, I want to talk about, though, uh, another fascinating truth about what God's Spirit wants to do and how He works effectively in our lives, and that is the Holy Spirit is always trying to lead us into community and into family. I call it sacred community and faithful family. Everybody shout, community, shout family. In other words, God does His best work in relationships, not in isolation. Now, I I know that we live in an era and a day where we've heard it said, and perhaps many of us have said it at different points, that, you know, I'm not religious, I'm just spiritual. Or, I don't uh, believe in institutional religion, I, I, uh, you know, but I do believe in God. And oftentimes when we articulate that, and I can, I I can kind of feel you. I can kind of know how you got there That's, uh, in terms of some of the stuff we've read and experienced. But oftentimes when we're articulating that, that's really our, uh, our distrust speaking. It's really our fear speaking. But what we learn from the Bible is that God's Spirit is always trying to move us into relationships. Everybody shout, community. Yeah. Shout, Family. And so, first place that we see this is one of the places, Ephesians chapter 2, and uh, verse 19, here's what Paul writes, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, you are citizens along with all God's people, the sense of community there. And then he says, you are members of God's what? Family. He's moving us into community and family. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46 we see not only what I think is the ideal paradigm for the church to grow, but it is also the biblical paradigm for 
folk who are believers to grow and for those who are thinking about what it means to be a believer to grow. And it's found right here. Notice this. He, he writes uh, that when the church is formed on the other side of the resurrection of Jesus, uh, the, the writer writes this. They worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper. Shout, worship together in the temple. Come on, shout, met in homes. For the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. So here's the paradigm. Big group worship and small group fellowship. That is the paradigm that I think the Bible gives us inside of a consistent frequency. See, they did it daily. You don't have to do it daily, but there ought to be a consistent frequency. Everybody shout, big group worship. In other words, there are some things that we experience when we gather together in worship in this broader community. Because when you're sitting in rows like this, horizontal rows, you, you, you can't know everybody. It can't really... Can't really it can't really be a family when there are hundreds of people here, but it can be a community. And so when the community comes together and worships, some powerful stuff happened. Didn't you just experience some powerful stuff a few moments ago? Right. So there's a place for the frequency of showing up on a regular basis. I was telling my daughter uh, a couple of days ago how back when African Americans were trying to survive slavery, on a Sunday morning, just like this, when the slave owners would go to church and African-American, the folk who were the slaves in the field, they weren't allowed to go to church. Our preacher would gather all the slaves in the cotton field and he'd get up on an old stump and, and they, would, they would worship just like we'd worship. They would pray these powerful prayers and, and the preacher would get up on an old stump and he would take split verbs and re-knit hope together. And, 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 and that worship, everybody shout worship, it did not, it did not change their immediate circumstance, but it, 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 it enabled them to be fortified from the inside out. Come on now. And they were able to hold on to the change come. And they were able to be part of the change. So there's some stuff going on in y'all lives that God is not immediately changing the circumstance, but you ought to show up for worship. It gives you the ability to go through I met a guy the other day and he said to me I hadn't seen him in church for a while several months I said man when you come back to church he said man I, I want to go to church he said but I I, I just keep oversleeping <laughs> I said well listen we have that problem solved because we have an 8.30 worship gathering, we have a 10.15 gathered, and we have a 12 noon. Come on now. But then I gave him a practical way. Because sometimes it's just hard to get in the habit, right? It's hard to get in the habit. So I say, here's what you do. You pull out your calendar. I want you to pick two Sundays a month. Say so it's the second or the fourth or first. You pick those two Sundays. Pick one of those times and write church. And when that date come along, don't let anything get in the way. Just go. You, you, your commitment, I'm going to go twice a month. Do that for a couple of months and add a Sunday. Do that for a couple of months and add another Sunday. And before you know it, you're back in big church worship. Because we need it, y'all. We need the worship. Somebody shout amen. 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 
But what I want to spend most of our time is on that second piece because God grows us not only in, 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 in worship experience as we sit horizontally in shared community, but God also accelerates our growth uh, as believers and those, some of us who are trying to figure out should I be a believer or not in, 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 in the place where the church becomes family and that's in small groups. Everybody shout small groups. Small group fellowship. That's what we saw there. Small group fellowship. Now, let me read for you an example of what this looks like. Uh, I got a letter from one of our small group leaders a few weeks ago, and she shared an experience that I thought was just incredible, and I want to share it with you. If I can get this to work. Here it is. All right. Here's what she writes. Last week, a gentleman named Miller Jackson attended our Palo Alto Life Group. We call small groups here at NBCC Life Groups. Everybody shout Life Groups. Because we do life together. We do life together. What a gift he is, she writes. Miller is a self-proclaimed hermit. Vietnam veteran, strong yet gentle 73-year-old mountain of a man. Just last month, he found Pastor Herman in NBCC on the internet and came to the first church service he's been to in years. Pastor Herman encouraged him to join a life group in Palo Alto because he lived in Palo Alto area. And he said he would look into it. I got the message from Auntie, our staff person, to call him about our group. And Miller told me he would come if Jesus made him come. <laughs> but it had been a long time since he was in anyone's home for fellowship. He did, quote unquote, chicken out, as he called it the first week. But this past week, he said, Jesus made him come. Because he gave his word to Pastor Herman at his second visit to NBCC. Along with our other group members, we served him soup and bread and a warm welcome. That's their small group. He said he could not remember the last time he has shared a meal with anyone in their home. He had tears in his eyes. And he told us about his hard experiences in Vietnam and, and how those made him just not want to be around people. The young grad student in our group had probably never had the opportunity to hear from someone who had served in Vietnam, and I could see she was listening closely. Miller, who was a 73-year-old African-American male, grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, the same racially charged and destructive time as I did, and I am 71, and Jean Marks is writing this, she's a white lady. He and I have a lot to share from two different perspectives of the same awful period in our history. Now, Jesus is our connection, superseding racism, which was insurmountable separation in those days and often even now here in California. I hope and pray Miller will join us this week, but guess what? We saw him coming into church this Sunday for the 1015 gathering. And he showed us the flyer about the seniors' lunch later that day, and he was going. (laughs) 
I told him that the hermit has become a social butterfly. <laughs> Miller laughed and hit it on into church. Come on, give God a hand for it. All right, now I want to just reflect a little bit on what we just read there, this, this amazing thing. Right? First of all, first of all uh, uh, another image that Paul uses to describe what I call this larger community here that, that we want to turn into a family by people joining small groups. Not just here, by the way. I know some of you are from college campuses and, and there are Christian communities on college campuses, so you should apply this where you are in your context. And our teenagers, we're driving them in small groups as well. But Paul also refers to our, uh, this, this broader gathering as the body of Christ. Everybody shout, the body of Christ. And I love this image because if you think about Mr. Miller, uh, here, 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 here's the point. He hadn't been to church in years. Here he is in his early 70s. I don't know the reasons why he hadn't been to church. We could probably estimate. Maybe he got hurt somewhere along the line. Or maybe found the church not being relevant in his life. I don't know the reason. But, 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 but everybody shout, the body the body of Christ, this notion of all of us have a role to play, those of us who are believers, because Jesus calls us not just to believe, but to belong. And my, my image of NBCC is that we're all functioning as one body with open hands and open hearts so that anybody like Mr. Miller who shows up, all they know is that they're just grabbed with contagious love and welcome into this place. How does that look? How does it look? All right, just because just, just some of us are asking you, well, you know, am I needed here? I'm going to just show you some of the ways that you're needed in terms of serving. Notice that he said that, text, the email says that he found us by the internet. Now, you know what happens. That means it remind, we have a, 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 a team of people whose job is to make sure that we are visible on the internet. So they got us in Yelp. Because, by the way, a lot of folk find their way to church now by going to Yelp. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, uh, folk who have a really, really good experience, they write about it. Well, I had a really great experience at this church. And so people go to Yelp. But then they say, well, I'm not sure. Then they come to the website. And then they listen to one of the sermons. They say, man, I see, is this guy crazy or not? So listen to what the sermon <laughs> All this before they step. So there's a whole group of people you've not even met that they're working behind the scenes, serving, bringing their technology skills to make that possible. And so Mr. Miller got here. And then when he came through, when he pulled it, there were people on the parking team welcoming him in. And, and, and then when he got out of his car, there were greeters welcoming him in and loving him. It was just creating, like, like I'm sure he's wondering, what do I really fit here? Is this, is this place going to really uh, welcome me in? And, and all he's getting is welcome and hugs and love when they, when they come in. Come on now, that's what you want. Then the pastor, who is not just up here on the stage, because I realize that that's really the most important gospel I preach is not... Here on the stage, this is where I get to talk to y'all, but it's down there in the hallway where I get to love you and hug you and, 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 and let you know that, 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 that you are incredibly valuable, no matter who you are. So he comes in, we connect, and as I always do, I ask him, are you part of a small group? Because I know that real transformation, deep transformation occurs in your life when you get connected relationally. Here's a survey that was given a number of years ago. They asked people, why did you start going to this church? 70% of the people said we went because we liked the, 
the preacher. Like what he's teaching, preaching. And then they said, the next question was, if the preacher left, would you leave the church? And 70 to 80% of the people said, no. They said, why? Because we have friends there. You see, the voice, the teaching might draw you, but it's the relationships that keeps you. And it's in the relationships where God does his greatest transformational work. So it's not just showing up for worship. It's, it's what happens in relationships. So look at this. So, so he, 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 he got here, uh, and then I told him to go to small group, and, and he filled out a connection card. Those cards you filled out. Now, you don't know there's a group of people behind the scenes. They're, they're incognito. <laughs> they may be sitting beside you right now. You would never know. But they are the one who are endowed with the special gift of the Holy Spirit to read your handwriting. <laughs> Incredibly important work, come on. And then if you say you have a prayer request, they send it over to our prayer team. We have a whole nother group of people. I'm sure you can fit somewhere here. Come on now. They have a whole nother group of people. And we get between 100 to 200 prayer requests every week. And do you know that we have a group of people who divide those requests up and we pray for each and every one of those requests. And if you say, I want to follow Jesus, they, there's another group of people who follow up with you on that. But this particular Ms. Miller said, I want to be a small group. And they went to, uh, went to our office person, Auntie, and Auntie contacted Gene because he found out Ms. Miller in Palo Alto. And Gene reached out to him. Do you see how the body works? You see? Whatever your age, whatever your, there's a place for you to serve people. In the body. I like to say that you, you really want to kind of test the measurement of your discipleship growth. Are you serving? It's the first step to show me that I'm not just about me, but others. Well, watch this. So here's a fellow who's never been to church in years. Shows up at this small group. Look at the diversity. Look what happens in the small group. He, he says, there's warm food, warm welcome. They greet him. And before he knows it, he's crying and he's sharing his story. Everybody shout, share my story. And that's what happens in a really healthy Christian small group. You, you get to share your story. And, and, and nobody should be judging your story. It's your story. And others get to share their story. Nobody's supposed to be judging your story because it's your story. And that's how a diverse group of people, come on now, are worked together into a family. It starts with us sharing our stories. Our stories. Our stories. The safe place. And so there's a young graduate student heard a story and then you know sometimes when you join a small group you start with a small group it may not work for you now in this case this one did work for him but but you know you may make a decision because I'm gonna go to this because it's geographically close and then you figure out you know what I really need one that's more around my 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 interests or my age maybe I'm a parent with little kids and I need I need a, I need a group like that or maybe I, I need, I'm, 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 I want seniors because of our shared life experience. In his case, he found a small group. Watch this, and I love this. Watch what happened. 
when he came to church the next Sunday, watch this, in a big church like this, first of all, he ran into people who knew him. Come on, isn't that awesome? They knew him because they were in the same small group. So he had, he had community in community, he had family in community. And then he said to them, he said, I don't know where I'll make it next week, but guess what? I found a flyer. There's a senior group here. Come on now. Somebody, let's give God a hand, but we got a senior group here. <laughs> said, man, why are you celebrating that? Well, I love my senior. I got some sitting right here. And I love them because they, they are living proof. That, that after 50 and 60 and 70 and 80, life hasn't ended. For some, it's just getting started. Come on now. Come on. They know how to love. They've got experience and resources. And they know how to party in Jesus' name. Come on now. <laughs> he said, hey, I found a senior group. I'm going. It's the power of small groups. Shout family. Family. All right, let me give you four quick uh, ways in which when I call, well, we talk about here, we talk about life groups, but if you're on college campus, they may be called InterVarsity or campus ministry or whatever the case might be, uh, but you just seek out small group community. But there are four things you're looking for. To see, is this a, what I call a life-giving small group. Watch this. Here's the first thing is it, it, it's a place where I can share my thoughts humbly. Everybody say humbly. I'm talking about what marks, what defines. We got 60 small groups all over the, this area and we don't have enough. We need, we need at least 60 more. Somebody say they need 60 more. Touch the person next to you and say you could be a new leader. Just tell them. Just tell them. Facilitator, facilitator. I know leaders have been making that. Say facilitator, facilitator, facilitator. Yes, sir. Yeah, all you need is a house or an office or, or a library you can take people to, or, or Panera Bread that you'll go meet. Come on now. Or a peace coffee or a Starbucks. I don't know which one you are, but one of them. <laughs> say facilitator. I, I, I digressed. I'm sorry. What's I talking about? Uh, 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 oh, yes. Share your thoughts. Everybody shout. <laughs> Humbly. <laughs> All right. Here's the scripture that drives it home. Romans uh, 12, verse 16. Look at what Paul writes. Live in harmony with each other. That's family. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company. Check this out. Of incredibly super spiritual people. <laughs> oh no, I misread that. I'm sorry, I didn't say that. I'm sorry. It said, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Wow. Ask the person next to you, are you ordinary? I'm just wondering. Are you? I said, are you? Ask somebody, are you ordinary? Oh, where do you cry? All right. He's talking about you. He says, look, ordinary people, that's what shows up in small group. And watch this. And don't think you know it what? Ha! I don't care that you can quote 30 scriptures. Don't show up in a small group. Act like there's nothing you can learn from nobody. <laughs> now let me tell you how you know if I'm talking about you. 
if you're in a small group and meets for about an hour, and 45 of those, the 45 of those minutes you're doing the talking, I'm talking about you. <laughs> All right, secondly, so you're looking for a place where you can share your thoughts humbly. Secondly, you're looking for a place, a small group, uh, is, is where you respect the thoughts shared by others with courtesy. You say courtesy. Come on here, Romans 14 and 1. Here's how Paul writes it. I love it. Here's what he says. Welcome with open arms. This is what our brother found. Welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems that they are strong on opinions, but weak in the faith department. Isn't that wonderful? Come on, let's just give God a hand. I just love that. You, you ought to write this down. Wait, 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 wait. We talk about building families. One of the ways that we build families here is we move people into healthy small groups where they learn these skills. And then guess what? You get to take these skills to class with you, to school. You get to take these skills back into your marriage. You get to take these skills. Come on now, dealing with your grandkids. And if you adopt this type of attitude, it'll bless you all over your life. Courtesy. I mean, if someone else is sharing, don't you be on your cell phone. Text it. I tell my daughter, because she's a part of that generation that multitasks. But when you're in a serious conversation, that's not the time to multitask. Courtesy, say courtesy, is when you put the phone down and you give eye contact and you listen. Small group is a place we learn to listen. Thirdly, is... So it's a life-giving small group if, in fact, uh, it's a place where you can uh, confess your, false, your faults honestly. Everybody shout honestly. All right, let me define false. Say false. Okay, let me define false here. False. I, I'm talking about not just areas where you've messed up. I'm talking about the pressures in your life. I'm talking about a safe place where you can just kind of lay out, here's, here's the pressure, here's the stresses that's on me. Here, here are the difficult things that, that seem to be unsolvable. Here are the problems that I'm trying to work through and I don't have an answer for and I need solutions. Sometimes we can't do this in our own home. Sometimes uh, uh, on our jobs or in our college campus context, we, 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 we long to find a place that we can just let our hair down and, 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 and just be honest with people about, you know what? I'm not strong. I'm weak. I'm, I'm not high. I'm low. I'm, I'm not in a good mood. I'm, I'm broken. This is a place for the church to be. You get that in Christian small group. We long for that. And then it is also a place for us to share our sins I, or, or our, and our mistakes. Now, I, I use both of these words because they're different. If I say mistakes, mistakes is a mistake. If I say sin, sin, you know what to do. You didn't do it. You missed the mark. The word means missed the mark. Now, check this out. I went to see my doctor the other day. And when I went to see the doc, happened to be several people who were part of this community working the doc. So I love it. So 
they all see me today. So I ran into a young woman who I hadn't seen in a long time. Matter of fact, I had on my call list. I said, girl, where you been? She said, pastor, I haven't been all that Christian recently. I said, well, you sound like a sinner. She said, yes. I said, what, are you supposed to be in church? Because the church is full of sinners. All right, well, then I made because I knew where she was probably seeking, right? So I said, listen, there are two types of people. They're the hypocrites and the strugglers. I say, the hypocrites, that's the person who is, 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 is all having a bad time, doing it wrong. But they pretend like, say pretend, they got it all together. It's a hypocrite. A struggler, say struggler. Struggler is the person who realized the standard is here and I'm here. I'm doing the best I can, but I just keep falling. I just keep falling. But, but I'm struggling. Say struggling. Come on now. Now, the good news is both groups are welcome in the church. Somebody say, thank God. Come on, let's give God a hand. This is good news, y'all. I mean, we all in some way or another struggling, and sometimes we all have a little hypocrite in us, right? Let me tell you, the strugglers are a blessing for the hypocrites. You know why? Because the strugglers show the hypocrite that you don't have to pretend. Come on now. And in your small group, you get to be honest. Now, here's what happens in the honesty. James 15, uh, uh, James uh, 5 and uh, 16 puts it this way. Watch this. Here's what he says. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Heal. Here's the point. If I mess up, I can turn to God and say, God, will you forgive me? Jesus shed his blood on Calvary's cross to cover. There's nothing that that atonement will not cover if I believe. So the moment I ask God, would you forgive me? And I'm serious, he, he does it. But when I turn to at least one person and confess to that one person, that's where healing starts. See, that's where healing starts. And maybe you can't just get up and shout from the mountain pop. I had this. Uh, and, and maybe sometimes you may not even be ready to tell in a group. But there ought to be one person in your life that you can trust that will not judge you but will bless you. Uh, you need to. That's where the healing starts. Now, in order for that to happen, you got to have a safe context. And so here, here's what a safe context looks like. Um, in, uh, in Galatians 6, I love this. Here's how, to, here's how he writes it, the first three verses. Listen. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him or her, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day is out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> be careful about pointing that finger, baby, because you got one, two, three, four pointing back at you. Now, that don't mean that we, we don't hold people accountable. Yes, but we do it with grace and understanding. And we're quick to forgive and create space. That's what happens in Christian, healthy Christian. Now, it may not happen in your house. This may not be your experience growing up. 
that may be a perfect, perfect standard there and you translate it, but I'm telling you, that's why we build families here that in a, in a healthy Christian community, this is what happens. Not flawlessly, but faithfully. Now, last thing that you should look for is uh, the, sh- the ability to share the burdens of others with sympathy. Sympathy means you are willing to enter into their pain. You're willing to feel with them. Again, if you learn this in Christian small groups, you can practice this in your house. You can practice this on your job with your colleagues. You can practice this with your students. It'll be transformational. Look, uh, uh, back at uh, Galatians 6, the rest of this verse. I love it. Here it says, it says, stoop down. I love this. Like you're trying to pick up something. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed by problems, oppressed by struggles, oppressed by difficulties, who are about to give up, don't know how they're going to make it. Reach out. This is what happens in a life group. Come on now. And share their burdens. And so complete Christ's law. He means by that the law that says, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. If you think you are too good for that. You are badly deceived. My gosh, who wouldn't want to be? Doesn't that, that's like family. That's like healthy family. Where I can speak my mind humbly. Where I can, I can, I can hear what other people think with a degree of courtesy. Where I can be honest about my brokenness, my flaws. I don't have to hide. I don't have to cover it up. I don't have to pretend like I'm perfect. While continuing to struggle to become all that God has called me to become. And where there's somebody, even if it's just through prayer, that can help me with my burdens. Can you say family? And the Holy Spirit moves us into Family, he longs for us. Because that's where that work gets done. That's where these skills are taught. So we're able to do this. So let me summarize. As I get ready to roll, finish here. So the drivers that drive transformation. Because that's what we're after, right? We want to become more like Jesus. We want to live like Jesus. And we want to follow Jesus' lead in the world. So the drivers in this small group is sharing, as I just talked about it, and prayer. Say sharing and prayer. We share together and we pray together. Pray together. Pray together. Put these pictures up for me, would you? Uh, I got some pictures of a small group. Drop them up there. I forgot. These small group. Here's a small group right here. They do a life together. This, this fella came in. I don't think he was a believer when he came into the group. You don't have to be a believer to join the group. Sometimes you belong before you believe. Sometimes you're like, man, I've, what I've seen and heard of Christians on the news, mm, not sure. So let me check it out. And if you go there and find that the love of Christ is authentic, this is where this fellow was. And then he ultimately went on and made a commitment to Jesus, and they celebrated his baptism. Next picture. Show me the next picture, another group. Come on, show me the next picture. Come on, here, here's another. This is part of the same group. This lady helping with his mother. Next, next picture, next picture. Watch this. This is life, small group life. Look here. Now, all of them together. And, and I had one with them eating, but I don't think I loaded it up. But there's always got to be some food. Come on, y'all. Shout food. 
Food, food, food. Yes, 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 yes. Small group, small group. Like, all right. And so the second thing is we study together. In every small group, we don't, I'm not talking about learning scripture and doing the history of the text. No, no, no. In, in, in small groups, we take the message that I preach and we produce one page. And when you walk through it, say, did you agree? Did you disagree? Why? Why not? Come on. What do you think is the next step for you? And, and people share and they feel it. Shout, study together. Uh, here's the point. Here's the point. Whatever you're studying, you're focused on the word of God. You're trying to ask this question. How does God's word help me to live more like Jesus? How does it help me to become more like Jesus in my character? Say, study together. And then we serve together. That's when, you, that's when you, no, your group is really going to a, a deeper depth. Now, listen, here's one way to judge whether or not you're really growing. I always talk about, is my trust increasing? My commitment deepening? Is my, my, my heart, generosity expanding? I had one of our folk came to me, Sister D, she's sitting over there. She came to me, she says, Pastor, she says, I got in my heart, I, I want to do more. I enjoy worship and, and the preaching, but I want to do more. I want to find a way. I got a spirit for evangelism, and 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 and, and we kind of talked, and, and 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 I think what she gathered from that conversation was, uh, and she was asking, could the church do some other things? And we said, no, we're kind of focused. But 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 what she gathered from that conversation was, go back and pray it out, and if the Lord show you what to do. Watch it. Go do it. Come on, tell the person next to you. Go do it. Come on, tell them, you're it. Tag, you're it. That's what the Holy Ghost is doing. Tag, you're it. Right, he's dropping the burden. So she went back to her small group. And she shared with them. And by the way, they were still burdening the same thing. Here's man, when you're growing, at some point, you get tired of just sitting around studying. At some point, you get tired of just worshiping. At some point, you, you, you know, compassion begins to ooze from your pores. A sense of love begins to ooze. You want to go help somebody. You want to you go get in the details of life and, and right some wrong. You want to do it in the name of Jesus. I want to just sit. You don't want to sit. You, 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 you got full, y'all. You got to go empty your love somewhere. Next thing I know, put that picture up there. They done went out and found a one of our former partners, they feeding the homeless. Isn't that wonderful? Feeding the hungry people. Come on. And then that wasn't enough. Come on now. They went and joined another street ministry and they started uh, mobilizing and they're putting together uh, backpack bags for some of the homeless kids. Isn't that amazing? I just love it. And, and, and then she called me later and she said, I called her from Boston when I heard about this. She said, Pastor, I, I, we had a neighbor and the lady was 93 years old and she had some bad patio furniture and she got stuck. She couldn't get out. Who see? For an hour, she couldn't get out. We helped her out. And then we, there's my group said, what could we do? And he said, we know what we do. We're going to replace all her patio furniture. And they replaced it. Put the picture of the lady. Here she is right here. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? I, I don't know whether she's a Christian. I don't know whether she'll ever go to church. But I know this. She has experienced the love of Jesus Christ through the family of God living and studying next door. All right, let me close with this letter. I love it. So serving together. I got another group person wrote me. And here's what she wrote. I love it. Give you a picture of what happened all over NBCC. That's why I love this church. All right, here it is. Here's what she wrote. I'm in the life group led by Brian Hartwell. 
She says, I love our life group. I feel we are family. You see the point? Our group does fun outings together. That's the sharing fellowship, right? We study the word together. That's studying. We encourage one another. That's, the, that's where the sharing takes place. On last Sunday, here comes the serving, our life group decided to go out to St. James Park in San Jose and feed the homeless. Before hitting out, we gathered together and made lunches and toiletry bags. We prayed as a group and then set out. We went up to the homeless as pairs and we shared words of encouragement. We prayed with them and, 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 and gave them the lunch and the toiletry bags. It was definitely a blessing. Now, say definitely a blessing. She's not talking about how they felt. I'm talking about the homeless. She's talking about how they felt, the one who was doing the serving. Come on now. Uh, in the past, our group has made toiletry bags that we keep in our cars to pass out to the homeless whenever we see them. Come on, give God a hand praise. That's Christian community. Now let me end it here. I know I could preach for an hour. I'm ending in two minutes. Just let you know. And some of you still will not explore Christian small group to get in family. So let me just speak to you a moment. I'm not dogging you out. I just want to lift this up. In Silicon Valley, whether you're at a university in a corporate world, whether you're teaching, whatever your context, the culture tends to drive us into isolation. The culture tends to, to cause us to value things and money and power more than people. And so the challenge that, that I'm giving to you, particularly those of you who are Jesus followers, you know, following the one who died on Calvary's cross, gave his life to redeem the world, I'm saying to you, yes, it's messy, yes, it's time-consuming, yes, it doesn't feel like, you know, it's inconvenient, but even if you don't join a small group, prioritize relationships. Come on now, make people your highest value. It's not a choice, guys. It shouldn't be. It's a prime directive from Jesus himself. Amen? Amen. Come on, give God a hand praise. All right. The last level is suffering together. Everybody shout suffer together. Paul writes it this way in Romans uh, 12 and 15. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Be happy when people are happy. They get a good grade, celebrate. Got married, celebrate. But weep with those who weep. Well, don't you want a place when you're crying that people will cry with you? You got a bad grade. You heard some bad news from home. Ended up in divorce. And people will cry with you. They suffer with you. That's what happens when you're in a small group. Now, I'm going to end. I use this to bring us to this point where I want to end. I know that most of us, if not all of us, was fixated on Judge Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford this past week. Don't worry, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> Here's what I am going to talk about. What was exposed was that millions of women and men all over this country have been abused and violated in some horrible ways. Yes. 
and, and you felt like you've had to keep it secret. And attached to that secret is shame and self-condemnation. So I'm not going to ask you to self-identify, but I know that there's a lot here. Because it's in every congregation. And for some of you, you may have just showed up just to hear this word from God. I want you to hear from this preacher, this male preacher, first of all. I am so sorry about what happened to you. Secondly, I want you to hear, listen to me. I don't care what your mind tells you. And I don't care what some crazy people have said. You did not deserve it. And it's not your fault. And the third thing, I want you to hear this. Jesus says to you that you are precious and honored in my sight. And I love you. And here's the last thing. My prayer is that you will find some in your small group or some one person and break the secret. A therapist, a pastor, a friend, break the secret. Tell your story. So you start getting out from under the shame. Because it's false shame. Amen? Amen. All right. Everybody standing. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to join hands. We're not calling anybody out, but we're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to intercede. Join hands. And I want to pray for the wounded. Join hands. Lord God, we pray right now as our final act of worship. We take seriously your, your instructions that we are to, to, to weep with those who weep. So God, we join hands with those who've been wounded and we pray for them. We pray that these words will sink deep into their souls. That they are precious. That they are honored in your sight. And you love them. And that you have declared that their history will not steal the future that you have for them. In Jesus' name. So now release healing, starting now. Release courage, starting now, that in the days to come, stories will be told in small groups all over this place. Freedom will come. Step towards healing will happen. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout amen. amen. Come on, give God a hand, praise. I want you to hug some people. Just turn around and hug people.